Seven chains had much to say But man, I still think them cats are great They were asking if you were around How you was, where you could be found I Told them you were living downtown Driving all the old men crazy Welcome to Talking Giants. The boys are back in town. Training camp has started. We got a little negative news to get to. But before that, Danny, how are you doing? And all ball. That is the slogan of the year. No NFL team will have a better slogan than all ball. But I'm all over the ball today. I'm I'm happy to be here. Happy to finally talk about some new stuff, even though we finally we got some negative to talk about here today but not nothing too negative it, it could have been worse that's all i'll say about that before we kick it to it i will say the all ball like uh slogan i think it's kind of corn like all right when but if if the giants never brought out all ball and i say all ball to you what are you thinking about i'm thinking about i'm out on the basketball court yeah, i just basketball. stuff some dude and he calls foul and i'm like no nah, that was all ball that was all ball that's that's what i think about when i think of all ball um, so it was kind of weird. I get what they're going for. It's like no outside noise where we're only about football here, all ball. But all ball is always going to – it's just every time I, I see that, hear that, I'm just going to be thinking about me stuffing dudes on the court. Well, no, what's it called? Uh, I mean, as Michael Thomas said, he saw a free shirt, so he just picked it up and used it. He didn't even know what it meant when he first walked in the locker room. But if it's what the team – feels like can't be the motto they're gonna focus all on the ball i then i i get it i mean yes i get i see your point it is a basketball phrase and most people will remember it as a basketball phrase but i mean hey i mean in 2017 our catcher was it was a ben mcadoo shirt that was a shirt we gave out it was ben mcadoo with his slick back hair and so i mean that became a joke so i prefer this than seeing ben mcadoo shirt all over the players back then yeah and i'm kind of of the mantra like the dumber the slogan the better it is because then you can joke around about it, like like the Yankees with like the thumb downs uh, a couple of years ago. Um, thanks to your uh, terrible Mets fan, um, the now we do the the four, the sideways four. I don't know, nobody knows what that means, but it's still like probably really stupid. But it's a rallying cry, so I kind of come under like the dumber the slogan, the better it is, because then everyone can make fun of it, and then you'll hear them all saying it all the time, all ball, all ball. It's when you like try and take it too seriously. That's when it uh, it can go it can go bad, and we just spent three minutes talking about all ball. I mean, hey, even though we're in training camp, we're still gonna make we're still gonna talk about random stuff. There's always time to talk about the random stuff. All right, so let me introduce again. I'm Bobby Bobby Skinner, host of the show Talking Giants. If you ever heard of it, you're listening to it right now, you idiots. Just kidding, you're all smart, smarter than me. Here with Danny, Danny Boy King. Let's get right into it. Sterling Shepard fractures his thumb. He went into the extra after practice. I didn't hear anything clear cut on what happened. I saw a tweet, which could be a complete lie, that he went low for a pass and 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 fractured it. Basically, I googled fractured thumb healing time, 
It says six weeks, and that's for like normal human beings and not NFL athletes. And that's that's like fully healed, not like okay, I'm going out there, my thumb is still a little messed up, but I got to play. And the the week one against the Cowboys is 45 days. So, uh, I I mean, we're expecting him to be back. Although it sucks to not have him a part of camp, these reps are really important. Um, and, you know, he can still do all his conditioning and stuff like that, so he won't be out of shape. But nonetheless, it it sucks to not have this guy out there, and especially on the first day of camp. Although it was best to have on the first day because that's you know the more time to heal. No, this was as much as we hate injuries. This is probably, if anything, what the best injury we could have gotten could have been much worse. Obviously, it's just a fractured thumb. Obviously, it doesn't seem like it's much. And if I counted correctly, six weeks will take us right up to the week of the Dallas game. So. Yeah, first day of practice, this is when you, if anything, you want injury to happen because they got all the time to heal. So no preseason for him, but he's familiar. The good thing is this isn't the first year of Pat Shermer's offense. He knows his offense well enough already, so he should be familiar with the playbook and all that. But, yes, obviously running plays is different than just looking at it. But looking at it, I mean, the Giants, the, the free wide receivers that have replacing him or the free wide receivers that were used after he went out, wasn't that terrible? Cody Latimer, Corey Coleman, and Golden Tate. Uh, Cody Latimer is actually the third wide receiver to start out camp, so that's something to note. But as much as I, as much like say this was last year, because like really, I, I really wasn't a fan of our wide receivers last year. I feel like we have capable guys around this offense to get the job done with Evan Ingram, Saquon Barkley as the others. So I, as much as it sucks to see Shepard go down, I'm not too nervous because we still got like a whole month, two months before uh, the first game. Yeah, and I, I want to go through some doomsday scenarios, like say he does miss games. This is big for Corey Coleman because no, it's no longer like you can rely on your talent, be that third wide receiver to go out and just kind of make plays. If if he's called to start and, and Cody Latimer and Corey Coleman are the two outside receivers starting week one against Dallas, Corey Coleman cannot just be talent. He has to go out, make plays. He has to run routes. He has to be consistent and somebody that the quarterback can trust. Cody Latimer is a guy like that. He's not the he hasn't had the most raw talent in the world, but he is he's pretty he's pretty solid. But he's also had injury problems too, you know. So it's it's hard to bank on Cody Latimer. Um, and we've never really seen him put a whole season together in Denver, uh, nor last year with the injury. Um, I saw some people uh, float out the idea of bringing in a receiver. Uh, I don't think that's necessary because because Shep is going to be back for Week One. But if another, if say Latimer or Coleman goes down, then I don't know. Like, would you think about bringing in a guy like Alan Hearns? Uh, personally, no. Main fact is be, uh, not that I still have my doubts because let's be real, his injury last year was brutal, horrific to watch. And they say he, I believe I heard Ian Rappaport say that he's fully back. I'm just, I, I can't believe that he's fully back yet. Obviously, Odell almost had the same. Not, I don't want to say the same type of injury. They both had ankle injuries, but I feel like, I mean, we have uh, you got Benny Fowler as a, a doom day option. Obviously, if this is extended, and heck, you even got Darius Slayton. I mean, if you want to get the guy meaningful snaps, you can throw him right into the fire to start. So I'm not. Um, no, I don't want to bring in any unless, as you said, this is like a very extended thing. No, because. If Sterling Shepard's out maybe three weeks, then no. Don't bring anyone in. Keep Darius Slayton. Keep Benny Fowler. That'll keep the be fine. But if this is like maybe six weeks, let's say, then I would consider bringing someone in. But based off the information we have, no. Don't bring anyone in. What about Des Bryant? 
No. <laughs> that was a pretty long-running like joke on Simple Man Radio. Because when Des Bryant first got cut, we're like, man, where's Des Bryant going to go? And for the next three weeks, we were very serious and being like, where do you think Des Bryant's going to go? <laughs> and then it literally turned into a segment every week on the show for like three months straight. Like, so where's Des Bryant going to go? Um, but yeah, no, no, no Des Bryant. Um, no yeah. Des Bryant, please. Alan Hearns, man. I, I actually really like Alan Hearns. The injury, obviously, that changes some. But he's somebody I really liked in Jacksonville. I thought he would actually do pretty well in Dallas. Um, you know, he didn't do horrible, but he never really found his spot in there. But Alan Hearns is a guy I like, although the, the injury changes things big time. But yeah, I agree. Um, unless Latimer or Coleman or, or one of those guys that will go down for like a season-ending injury. I don't think we need the panic. I think we do have a, a good enough depth there. You mentioned Benny Fowler. Uh, I'm not the highest on Benny Fowler as many people are, but he's, he's serviceable. I mean, I think he made catches in every game that he appeared in. Yeah. Um, you know, so, you know, most times that was one catch, but nonetheless, he was out there and, and somebody that you could throw to. Um, and, you know, he's, he's a younger player. Um, so, yeah, this, this sucks. It sucks not having part of the team, you know, throughout camp. We, you know, we're expecting a huge year out of him and still are. But, you know, you, you never want to see these things happen. That's that's what sucks about camp is, like, you get excited, but it's like, man, there's going to be an injury. Like, when's an injury going to happen? Like, it's, you know, without fail every year, somebody's going to get hurt. Um, so that sucks. But, you know, last year we saw Saquon go, you know, uh, you know tweak his hamstring. Um, he, you know, he didn't play anything after that Cleveland preseason game. And, you know, he was he was pretty brilliant in week one against Jacksonville. So I wouldn't worry about it uh, too much, although it does suck. No. Um, anything else on Shepard before we close the door on that? Uh, no, I got nothing else to add on Shepard. But before we get into the rest of the training camp talk, do you mind? I, I got I just saw this and I just have to read it to you. I want to get your thoughts on it. So Eli kind of, in a way, I, I, I know we don't want to talk about it, but I'm happy for, with Eli right here. He kind of clapped back at Odell uh, on uh, how Odell said Giants aren't in primetime games this year because he's not on the team. Eli said, I don't think they bothered me. You just kind of shake your head and laugh. I won a few games before he was here. So Eli has a little clap back right there at Odell. That's my quarterback. Yeah, I saw that. That was kind of surprising. I, I think Eli's just over it. He's like, I'm not, you know. Eli didn't like Odell. I guarantee you after that interview. He didn't like Odell, but I, I don't want to dwell on that too much. Um, I found that funny. Yeah, I, I did too. I liked it, but I, I, I didn't dare say anything online because I didn't want to have the shut up about Odell. And I, <laughs> I'm part of that crowd too. But anyways, moving on, let's do some house cleaning before we talk about all the details of camp. We had some uh, cuttings, some signings. Uh, Eric Dungy cut. Tony Lippett cut. Cameron Moore put on the commissioner's exempt list. Uh, that's essentially cut. I don't see him ever being back on the team. They signed Joey Sly, the kicker, who's there just to, you know, you know, keep keep uh, Aldrick Roses on his toes. Isaiah Seawright, who uh, was a tight end for uh, Fordham, I believe, and then Demari Scott. They claimed him off waivers from the Bills. Um, he uh, he's coming. He didn't play last year. You know, he's going into his second year. He had 57 catches, 566 yards, and one touchdown at Fresno State. His senior year, so I don't expect much out of him. Um, I, I do want to talk about Eric Dungy, but first we'll just do Tony Lippett. Uh, this doesn't bother me at all. Tony Lippett is not a guy I was a fan of. I didn't think he he was pretty bad last year. It's, and then with with all this new young depth at corner, uh, there's really no need for him to be on the team. Although it was surprising they cut him instead of you know some guy that was like 84th on the roster. I mean, 
Uh, yeah, it was quite a strange cut, but as you said, I, I don't really care because we got great depth at cornerback, good young corners, uh, and we already have a good leader in Janoris Jenkins. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think the bigger surprise, not the bigger surprise cut, the, su- the cut that I was like, man, I kind of wanted to see what he brought to the team, and I know you were a big fan of him and honestly believed him a lot, was Eric Dungey. So that that was more of like, but as you said, injuries did hurt him. to get him Yeah. It's that back injury, and then they, you know, they held on, and it's like you come to camp and you you have this back injury, and it's like you know what we're gonna bring in someone who can compete and be out here and practice. It does suck because I was big. In fact, I did like a whole post about him, how the Giants should use him, and like less than forty eight hours later, he's gone. Um, it doesn't mean it's the end of Dungey because you know once he gets healthy, there will be a team that takes a chance on him, and it could even be us. You never you never know with these kind of things, guys get cut by teams and brought back for them five days later all the time. Like you'd be surprised how often that happens in the NFL, but it's it's his injuries is what screwed him because they didn't, they didn't, they didn't sign him to be a quarterback. They didn't sign him to be uh, you know, a a starting tight end eventually or a good depth at tight end. They signed him to be this kind of wildcat player, but if he's not going to be able to practice throughout camp, they're not going to hold a roster spot for him. So it's understandable that they let him go. Um, but it does suck because I, I wanted that wrinkle in our offense. I thought it would work really well. Pat, you know, we got torched by it by Taysom Hill in the New Orleans game. I mean, he he added 13 points to the board in that game. Um, you know, whether it was the fake punt that they, you know, kept the drive moving and it's taking a field goal, uh, a 20-yard run on another drive, and then running the read option with Alvin Kamara that led to a touchdown. I mean, we got burned by that, and we saw how Taysom Hill was really effective for the Saints. Um, and threw a touchdown pass in that playoff game until it got dropped in the end zone. So I, I like Dungy. Sucks he's gone. But I also, as much as I've clamored for Dungy, it also like it doesn't really bother me a whole lot because at the end of the day, he was really just a gadget player. No, yeah. For a guy who shot to make this team was already a long shot, the injury did not help him in any way, shape, or form. And as you said, it was more intrigue that got everyone into Eric Dungey because it was like, well, he's not on this team to compete for a quarterback spot. The only other reason we could see him is being in that Taysom Hill type role. And he he could be. It, maybe another team takes a chance on him, or maybe the Giants just bring him on to the pra- um, practice squad just because maybe they can use him in that type of role later in the season. But, yeah, I'm not overly devastated about uh, Eric Dungey being gone. Yeah, so moving on. We had our first practice. Out of all all that, we had our first practice. There was some goods. There was some bad, um, namely Daniel Jones starting 0 for 6. We'll we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, Before we get into that, uh, you know, there was some press conferences. The only thing that jumped out to me is that Pat Schirmer says Julian Love, the cornerback out of Notre Dame that we drafted in the fourth round, will get reps at safety. He's obviously going to be, you know, he played nickel today. He, that's where he's going to get the majority of his reps. But they are using him as safety. And we talked about this a lot, you know, out, out of the draft and when the the idea was originally floated. If they're going to – if Julian Love is going to be a safety, go ahead and put him at safety. But if he's going to be a corner and battling for the nickel job, uh, I think he should just play corner. I, I'm a big fan of, like, let guys practice at the position they're going to play, especially young rookies. Like, this guy, you know, he's just he's just learning the defense. Um, and what is a pretty complicated defense that uh, uh, James Betcher runs. So I, I think they should, you know, it's the first week of camp, but eventually 
uh, throughout this camp, you got to just put him at one position. I mean, I, I know, and I'm not, there's people that disagree with that. And, I, and it's two different philosophies. And I, don't, I don't think either one's wrong. But I'm a believer, like, if he's going to play safety, play him at safety. If he's going to play corner, play him at corner. No, yeah, that was a very, that stood out to me as well. Because obviously the Giants can view him be a potential successor to Antoine Buffet once Antoine's time here is done. But yeah, I do agree with that. The guy's a rookie. It's not like he's in his second year. He, he needs to get f- familiar with one position right now. Or maybe the Giants have all the plans in the world to play him at free safety and they really have no interest in him at nickel. But he did move to nickel in some parts during the practice. So, And what was be- weird is, though, is that like, he did play a little safety in the rookie camp. But in all the OTAs, he was strictly a corner. He didn't play any safety. So we thought that idea was gone. And then first day camp comes around and they're they're bringing it back. So that was what can, like confused me about it. Yeah, it was strange, but I mean, hey, maybe as I said, maybe they view him only as a free safety right now on this team. Maybe they view Grant Haley's job to win a nickel as his right now. Maybe they're giving Grant Haley the benefit of the doubt. But I do believe agree with you. He can't be a free safety in this league. He he has the versatility, and he just he just has he's just such a good defensive player. And the fact that he went all the way to the fourth is still quite shocking to me. So him playing free safety really stood out to me, but I'm also intrigued to see how could he compete with Grant Haley at corner. That's another thing I want to see if Rukam. Maybe they just did it because it was the first day. They were just like, let's put on a show for the fans. Yeah, it's. I think he could be a really good safety, and that really like that does intrigue me because like you know what, maybe this guy is going to be a, a top safety in this league. We've seen it happen with guys like Malcolm Jenkins, uh, Antrell Roll, you know, of you know of our own team. Um, although he did move the safety before he was a Giant. So I would like I would be really fine with him playing safety, especially with you know we talked about Grant Haley in our player profile preview. I like Grant Haley. I think he's pretty dang good, um, but I, I do think Julian Love is more talented and has a higher upside at the, at the nickel spot. But I I like Grant Haley. I think he's a good player. I know you're high on him too. So it doesn't bother me that they're gonna if they were gonna play him at safety. It's just more of like kind of make up your mind. And I know that's I'm I'm probably being a little too demanding. You know, one day in the camp. But nonetheless, I, I just want to know because I, I picked him to beat Grant Haley for the nickel job. So maybe that and I think we already recorded the player profile preview on him and didn't mention safety. So maybe that's what's aggravating me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because he has a very real like, Dang it, Pat Shermer. You didn't play him at safety at all in OTAs. We didn't address that in the player profile preview. And you go and lay this crap on me. <laughs> no, but uh, as you said, uh, well, geez, I just forgot what I was gonna say. But no, yeah, Pat Sherman. They're just—I think they're just really disguising it right now to be like, "Hey, what, what are we gonna do with Julian Love? Is he gonna be a free safety? Is he gonna be a nickel corner?" I remember what I was now. Sorry, I remember what I was gonna say. He has—he has a. You're gonna say I'm—I'm I'm so good looking and good at everything I do. That's—that's yes, that's what you're I, gonna say. I was gonna say that right before before I would say this. Uh, Grant, we'll say it. Julian, <laughs> uh, no comment. Julian Love. Well, he has a real opportunity to be a star for this team and a starter as well. He could beat out Grant Haley easily. I could totally see that being a possibility. And he could easily be the starting nickel corner for the Giants come week one in Dallas. So the opportunities are endless right now for Julian Love. And lucky for him, there's two positions the Giants view him in. So only the more power to him. Yeah, just give him a tight end too. Why don't you, Pat Shermer? Just screw up our player profile <laughs> previews. Um the other, uh, you know, we're really delaying this Daniel Jones talk, but you know what? That's that's fine because it really wasn't the biggest story out of today. Mike Rimmers practicing, starting at right tackle. That's great news. Uh, you know, with his injuries, it was a worry. Um, 
and you thought maybe they'd at least take it easy in the first few days. But he's out there, he's playing, and I'm excited. I, I like Mike Rimmers a, a, I don't want to say a lot, but I like Mike. I like Mike Rimmers a lot more than I like Chad Wheeler. How about that? No, that's a that's a hundred percent a fair assessment. I, I I would agree with you on that. I'm not like over them out. Both of us are not over the moon about Mike Rimmers, but I feel like he can be better than Nate Solder. And I mean, he's back in his natural position this year. He's back with his coach that he worked well with in 2017. So I was just happy to see him out there and happy he's not on pop missing any time because he's someone that I want to be out there getting all the reps he can in because he got to get familiar with Eli Manning because if I'm correct, no, wait, didn't I'm, Nate Solder injured his ankle last season in a brawl at camp. It was between Ovi and someone else and like someone fell on his ankle and rolled him up and that took him out of camp for some time, if I remember incorrectly. But I just want Rivers to get all the snaps he can, not miss anything, because he needs to be ready to go week one. He's got to get familiar with Eli. He's got to get back to uh, get his back ready. So he needs to be out there every day. Yeah, and don't get into fights and have your ankle rolled on. That's a key to success, Michael Rammers. You you can get into fights, just don't have your ankle rolled up on. That's what matters. You know what? That's that's off the cusp. I'm a big fan of training camp fights. Now, if it, there's times where it gets overboard and they're fighting all the time and then it's a problem, but I do think a couple fights in practice are good. Who are we betting on for the first fight? Who Who's fighting who in that first fight? Jabril Against Peppers. Against who? He's fighting someone. If I'm, I'm going to say maybe Sterling. No, well, I can't say Sterling now. I just said wow, that. Wow, uh, wow, wow, wow. I, I brought up bad memories. Because, uh, I, I mean, him and uh, Saquon were drawn, drawn at each other during camp as well, so maybe him and... Uh, Jabril will get up into each other's faces. Not, not, maybe like a little shove by Jabril or say, maybe maybe Jabril. I don't see Saquon shoving him, but it's gonna be Jabril definitely starting. You know what? No, Golden Tate and Jabril Peppers. Golden Tate. Oh, I'm so glad you said that because I was as soon as you said Jabril Peppers, I'm like Golden Tate, Golden Tate and Jabril Peppers. That that makes a lot of sense. I'm gonna go on O line, D line, just to be contrary to what you said, and so I'm gonna go Will Hernandez off the O line. And so that means who is he going to fight? Is it going to be B.J. Hill, Dexter Lawrence? I mean, Will Hernandez, he got into a fight last year. I think it was with Snacks. Um, and it was a little like, you know, welcome to the league rookie. So maybe he'll do the same thing that Dexter Lawrence and, and they'll get into a little scrap. Uh, Will Hernandez, I mean, I'm just huge on him and his attitude. And I just can't wait for him to cold cock somebody. <laughs> and by the way, like, I understand people are like, why would you punch in the helmet? You break your hand. You really don't. Like, like. Heads move. Like, if, if someone had, like, the strongest neck in the world and their head just didn't move when you punch them, then, yeah, you could break your hand. But when you punch someone in the helmet, their helmet moves. So you're kind of just punching through it. So, um, I'm, you know, you don't, you, you don't really break your hand punching a helmet. Although, it's obviously not recommended. No, don't punch anyone's helmet. But I, I would 100% have said Will Hernandez would be the one to start the fight on the offensive side of the ball. I just Jabril Peppers. He's he's gonna be John at the offense. Heck, maybe even Jabril Peppers will say something to Will Hernandez because Jabril, Jabril Peppers just doesn't care. That also, happens. O line versus like corners and safeties fights. That actually happens more often than you'd think, um, because it's you know you get you get you know corners and and safeties. They're usually like you know talking a lot of trash, loud, loud, loud. And then offensive linemen finally get their chance on like a screenplay or a downfield play. They lay a hit. The safety says something, and then it's a fight. I mean, it's it's a math equation that has been accurate for as long <laughs> as football has been played. I mean, I, like 
Right now, I'm, I'm also, like, really looking forward to the first fight because, like, it, every camp has a fight. Obviously, it's nothing, there's nothing insane. It's mainly, like, a few pushing and shoving. Nothing crazy comes out of these fights. Yeah, I mean, a little fight, it doesn't hurt anyone. It just gets the team motivated. It brings a new fire underneath them. I said it doesn't hurt anyone. It's last year Nate Solder got hurt in one. But that's beside the point. It just brings fire to the team. Yeah, it's it's if it, it, it could get overboard, but a couple here or there are pretty good. Remember, you might not remember this one, Danny, but do you remember the Jets Giants inter uh, inter camp uh, scrimmage? And Jeremy Shockey just like clotheslined this cat. I mean, it was one of my favorite like clips of all time. In fact, I'm going to try and find that tonight. Jeremy Shockey just, cl- I mean, just clotheslined this dude. It's probably not on the internet, but it, it'd be fun to see if any if our listeners could find that for me. I mean, if you if you could find it, show it to me because I I personally don't remember that, but I could uh, know Jeremy Shockey. I can hundred percent see him just clotheslining someone from out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it'd be fun. I'm gonna I'm gonna seriously try and find that. Uh, all right, anything else you want to touch before we talk about the quarterbacks? Uh, I did read Jabril Peppers dealt with some cramps at practice, but once again, it's just cramps. He just probably dehydrated a little bit. Uh, what else? Uh, well, let's talk about that. Uh, Lorenzo Carter sounded like he had a very good practice. What sounds like he cha- he basically chased down Golda Tater, stayed with him. He didn't let him get around. Then he picked off a, a pretty poorly executed screenplay by both Eli Manning and Saquon Barkley. Everyone's blaming Eli, but I mean, no offense to Saquon. Yes, it's one mistake, but I mean, he just didn't get his head around quick. He just wasn't really. He, I don't know. I just feel like it wasn't all Eli's fault. Saquon has a little blame, but it's Eli's fault for making the pass. But he was also getting blitzed on, so I can't fully blame Eli because he was just getting brushed. Would you call that interception a diving interception? Uh, I mean, well, technically he did finish the play while diving, so you could say it was a diving interception. I say it was more he caught it while stand it, but then he, I guess, dove forward because he was like, I might as well dive forward to make Thank it look extra you. special. Thank you. I, every single beat reporter is like, this guy just dove for a ball in the ground interception. I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be insane. And it's exactly what you just said, Danny. He caught the ball while he was leaning forward and just <laughs> fell to the ground. It was not a diving interception. That's like a, a center fielder like catching a ball and then doing a somersault, which they do at times, like just to make it look like a uh, cooler. Um, there was a guy on my middle school baseball team where he literally, he would just like, he would know he had the ball, but he would wait till the last second and then die for it. Cause he's like, it looks cooler. Um, so yeah, that, like, I, I'm glad we we're on the same page with that one. Uh, all right. Daniel Jones. First practice starts. He sucks. Oh, for six. He's horrible. This guy sucks. Get, Get him out of here. Tri- Draft uh, Justin Herbert and Trevor Dwayne Haskins. Draft them both. Trade them. All right. So he uh, he finished the day pretty well. I think he completed his last five passes, um, including one dime to uh, what's his name? Alon- Is it Alonzo Russell? Alonzo Russell, or maybe Benny Fowler actually. No, I think it was Alonzo Russell. Alonzo Russell, and then one of the six incompletions that he started with supposedly was actually no, what? Not supposedly. I, I saw the clip of it. Was just a dime to Benny Fowler, that would have been a touchdown, and Benny Fowler drops it, just trying to make him feel at home, you know, like he did at Duke with his 38 <laughs> drops. Um, listen, don't get too high or too low on training camp stats. Like, you just can't do it. Uh, in fact, one came out, and I saw people making fun of it, where it looks like he just, like, like you know, uh, just threw it completely towards the sideline and missed the guy. 
it was like the, you know what they do in camp, especially with rookie quarterbacks. They design because like they know like the defense knows or the defensive coaches and the offensive coaches know what the other side of play is going to run. So what they did is they put in a play. They're like, there's not going to be anybody here. Let's see if Jones tries to force it or throw it away. He threw it away. Like it's it's pretty as simple as that. Like, I mean, if you've seen Daniel Jones throw, like he doesn't miss guys on little out curls, um, you know, tight end out curls. He doesn't miss those guys by 10 yards. It's just kind of silly. Um, and you know what? It, it's it's silly, you know, sites that, you know, go and take that out of context. I'm not going to get mad at, at them for doing that um, because they do it to everybody. But like I said, you can't get too high or too low. What I want to look at is like the like what kind of passes were he th- was he throwing? Because 0 for 6 sucks. But you know what else would suck? 4 for 6 with 8 yards because that means he's just throwing checkdowns. He's not taking any chances down the field. And I'm a big believer, if you're going to play a young QB, give him the confidence that he's going to play and let him go out and make mistakes. Because one of my biggest pet peeves with quarterbacks, and you see it so often, is they get, they start their rookie year and they don't want to suck. So they just throw like the easy passes. They do check down, check down, check down. They don't ever take chances. They don't, they don't work the ball downfield. And they have these great completion percentages, but long term it screws them because then they're stuck in that mindset. Teams adjust to that kind of stuff. And then the under the knee stuff isn't there, and it's just it just doesn't work out long term. I want my young guy to make mistakes, take chances. Um, so, like, I, I'm not going to pick 0 for six over four for six with eight yards. But based the point I'm making is like, let's see what he was doing. Uh, we saw him one on one drills. He had a, it's an amazing dime to Shep, um, and you know he had that sideline pass to wh- whoever it was. I mean, he you know we saw we only saw a few clips. I liked what I saw out of the clips. Um, and like stat lines in training camp are like a fairly new thing. Like just, I don't know. Don't, don't read into them is what I'm saying. Like, and, and if, and if he comes out tomorrow and he's 10 for 10, don't be like, Oh my gosh, this guy is so amazing. Like, let's see what happens on the field. Let's look at preseason games. Let's look at live action when he gets in. Like, it's just stat, like training camp stat lines. While I do search out for them, they don't mean a whole lot. Hey, like, let's make this clear. Yes, he was the sixth overall pick in this draft. But, I mean, the guy's a rookie. He, he This is, like, a real, like, yes, mini camp at OTAs. That's the whole thing. But training camp has a different vibe to it. It's, you, you, when you get to training camp, you're like, man, it's getting real now. So, as you said, yes, he did struggle to open up uh, the his series at camp. But he finished off quite strong, six for eight on his final uh, yeah, six for eight on his final drive and whatever, all that fun stuff right there. So, and let's, there's not preseason games yet. If he was struggling in preseason games, then yes, I, I would be a, not concerned, but I'd be like, man, I want him to do better. But let's make it clear Kyle Loletta wasn't jumping out at anyone like crazy during training camp. That's a bad example because, as Kyle yeah, really, came, that really was a bad was example. A really bad man, example. Damn, as, I, as I said that, You're I'm killing. like, I went back and watched. I was watching that Washington game for um, <laughs> other purpose. I was. I can't remember who I was watching, but I was watching that Washington game. Josh Norman. So, uh, so yeah, uh, that was fun to watch. But I, I was like, when they put Laletta in, I was watching somebody on defense. I think it was RJ McIntosh. But I was watching someone on defense. But once Laletta in, I was like, okay, let me watch the offensive snaps. My gosh, was he horrible? He like over five was the least of his problems. I mean, he just was <laughs> terrible. I mean, missing guys. Just throwing into double coverage, like not like double coverage 30 yards down the field, like double coverage five yards right in front of his face. I mean, it's just terrible. Loletta's not making this team, folks. They're playing, they're playing Tanny over Loletta. Anyways, Danny, that's what that's what you just started. You just gave 
You just made me rip into Loletta. Daniel, because we know Daniel Jones one hundred percent listens to this podcast. I'm um, sorry for that comparison. That was my. I fault. wouldn't be the most surprised if he did. If he did listen though, like do you ever think? I, I don't know. Like I, I, I like to think. Now I'm a conceited person. I like <laughs> to think that the word has gotten out to Daniel Jones. But like, you should check out this Bobby Skinner guy because he totes that line for you. And by the way, like I said, you know, I think I said in the last episode. Send me that check, Daniel. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a homer. I've just been I've been pumping you up. Um, I've just been throwing away my morals, and I've just been lying to everybody. Send me that check. No, yeah, but serious note, uh, Daniel Jones, once again, first day of camp. If you're worrying about Daniel Jones on the first day of camp, then you're going to be stressing out forever because every quarterback has a few bad camps. Like, look, he wasn't that impressive today. I mean, granted, he's our starting quarterback. He should be impressive every uh, camp. But what you're going to do is Eli Manning. The, g- the guy is, he's Eli. He does what he wants. If he wants to be good one day, he'll be good. If he wants to be bad, he'll be bad. It's simple as that. So I'm not worried about Daniel Jones. As you said, people, it's because he was taking, this was Dwayne Haskins. Everyone will be like, ah, it's fine. He will develop into something. But since it's Daniel Jones, everyone so wanted Dwayne Haskins, everyone is just jumping on everything he does wrong. No one will be satisfied with Daniel Jones until he probably retires. They'll be like, oh, thank God we were right at one point. <laughs> um, and, but the, the, you know, him not playing well today, he had some good throws, but you know what? Every, every quarterback in the NFL can have good throws. So I'm not going to, like I said, don't get too high, do low on anything from camp. Um, but it also, like, like reminds that I should remind everyone. Because the last couple of weeks have been start Daniel Jones week one, start Daniel Jones week one. Do not pitch someone out there who is not the best QB on this roster. Eli Manning, and I said this before, I still believe Eli is better than Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is young. He has a lot to learn. Like, I know we've all been crying for him to start week one. And I and listen, if Daniel Jones is better than Eli and he has a better camp and better preseason and the coaches believe he makes the team better to win week one, then, yes, by all means, start Daniel Jones. But let's let this all temper expectations. Like, listen, this this stuff is a process. Like, it's not done deal that he's going to be better than Eli. I, Eli is still the starter for this team, and he will be. Um, until he loses the job, because even if even if they wanted, even if if Daniel Jones was better, I think we can all assume at this point that Eli's starting Week One, essentially no matter what. No, yeah, uh, not every quarterback drafted in the first round could be starting right away. Every quarterback's a different situation. Daniel Jones, he's not ba- he's not a Baker Mayfield. Uh, he Daniel Jones is in the situation like the Eagles when they were desperately in need of a quarterback. The Rams desperately in need of a quarterback. So every situation is different, and yes, I I'm all for Eli starting Week One. Right now, I've never been on the Daniel start Daniel Jones Week One train as many people have been on. I've been I've had my expectations da- down, not down, like tempered. I'm like I I like the guy. I believe he'll be something in the future, but not right now. This is Eli Manis team. But as you said, if Daniel Jones from now on just dominates camp, dominates preseason games. And the coaches believe he is the guy that won the team. Then put him in. I don't want the nostalgia stopping us, like with Eli. I don't. If Daniel Jones gives us the opportunity to win, I, I love Eli. Take him out. I don't care. I want the best opportunity to win. If Eli Manning gives us the best opportunity to win, then keep him in. Uh, who knows? Maybe Giants fans want to be happy with Daniel Jones finally starting. Maybe they'll do it with the Div Kerr Warner. Maybe the Giants will be having a good start to the season. And they're like, all right, Eli, get out, Daniel Jones, you're in. Maybe we'll do that. Two thousand four, all over again. 
Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, we're going to be talking about this until that happens. It really, it really will. Um, it's going to be a never-ending topic. Uh, so uh, I do want to close it out. Uh, we're not going to do mailbag because we only got one question. But I will answer that question, but we're not going to do the whole music. Steve, you're out on the show. No Steve from Blue's Clues. Get out of here, Steve. Uh, you got, we need more questions if you want. If you want Steve on the show, you need to pit more questions. And although we'll talk to you on the show, some of our plans for the next couple of weeks. They're, you're, you're losing your, your mailbag rights, people. But Damn. not really. All right. So we had two safeties in the building. And we talked about it on the last show. Trey Boston and Jonathan Cyprin. And I thought for sure we were going to sign one of them, and I thought it'd be Boston. It looks at this point that that's not going to happen, you know. And the reason they're not signed is because they want more money than people are offering them. And I, I, I would, I would assume that we offered them some kind of one million dollar you know, or, or one year deal. Uh, I think we only have what is it, five or, or six million, million. In cap? Right? Five. We only have five million in cap right now. Um, and I don't blame them if they think they're better than that, like not settling for it. But it's also training camp has started, so you got to find a team eventually. Um, and I like Trey Boston. I've talked a lot about the money backer. Um, I think it will work really well. I mean, we ran it a little bit last year with Michael Thomas, Landon Collins, and Sean Chandler. Um, and I, you know, I put something up where, like, how much better is that with Peppers, Bethea, and then a Trey Boston? So I, I, I'm still holding out hope that we bring one of those guys in. But the question. I want to ask you, Danny, is, is there, it's okay. Let's say, you know, we have the 5 million in cap space and say, let's say the number there that Trey Boston's looking for is seven and a half. Is there a guy on this team that you'd be willing to move on from that ha- that would free up that cap space to bring in a Trey Boston? Will there be a guy I'm willing to move on from this team for Trey Boston? Huh. I I didn't give you any time to research this. That's that's my bad. Uh no, not just putting me on the spot. I like it. Uh personally, as much as Trey Boston is a quality safety, I'm gonna say no. Now, obviously, maybe we have to look at the roster to get an idea, but this is honest opinion. I've thought of many players I would consider to get rid of, but uh no. Uh I feel like we got the guys in the locker room we need to win. And Heck, uh, Trey Boston, very quality safety, yes. But Antoine Buffea, quality safe, free safety. Giants, who knows what the plans with Julian Love is. See, did not sign in Trey Boston. I mean, yes, they have five million capitalization. Yes, maybe Trey Boston. I'm not considering Jonathan Cyprin. I don't care about him, though, I'm going to be honest here. Uh, maybe Trey Boston views himself more than that. But maybe the Giants, it sounds like they brought him in more for, like, due diligence to make sure that, like, hey, we brought him in and we don't feel bad about it. Maybe them not signing is a big sign for Julian Love. Maybe the Giants' real plan all along is to have Julian Love start at free safety. So I I like the I would have liked Trey Boston, but looking at it now after one day of camp, Julian Love is getting the free sub free safety rep, so maybe he is the future right now with Antoine Buffet. Yeah, that's a good point. Um the only player I would say and I talk, I talked about this a lot in the offseason, I've tempered it down as the season came along was I like Scott Simonson. I think he has the capabilities that Red Elson has to be the number two tight end. Um, and then C.J. Conrad is an undrafted free agent that everyone seems to be high on. And, and he's somebody I like. I think he he needs to prove himself as a blocker. But he I think he's a talent that, you know, I think he would have went in the sixth, seventh round if he didn't have, you know, those questions about his, uh, his heart. Um, and not heart, like, metaphorically, but physically. Um, Red Elson. 
He would if we were to just cut him straight up, we would save three and a half million dollars in cap space. That would put us at eight and a half, and I think that would be plenty enough to bring in a guy like Trey Boston. Now, I'm not saying I, I I'm like okay, let's let's cut Red Ellison and move on from and and then sign Trey Boston, but it's just. I don't know. That's kind of why I was like saying that. And, and a few people like push back, like, why are you trying to get rid of Ellison? And it's like, well, if we're not going to bring anybody else in, then I, I would love, I want to keep Ellison. I want to keep the best players. But I, I think the guys behind, I think Scott Simonson is, is plenty capable. Uh, you know, he was a really good blocker last year. He wasn't much in the receiving game, but Ellison wasn't a whole lot either. You know, when, when he was a starting t- tight end, he averaged uh, 36 yards per game on three catches, which I guess isn't bad. But nonetheless, like he's getting paid a lot of money to be a backup tight end, um, and we have a true fullback, so he doesn't take that responsibility on as much as you know other teams would that don't have a fullback. So that's kind of where I was. That's where my mindset was in the offseason, where I was saying, you know what, like why not move on from Ellison to free up that spot, free up that you know three and a half million dollars to you know go out and get another guy. Um, but I, I don't. I nec- I'm not necessarily saying that I would just cut Ellison right now to bring in Trey Boston, because if if both our safeties are he- healthy with Peppers and Bethea, then Ellison is more important to the team than a backup safety would be, because Ellison's going to be on the field a lot more. I know bringing another safety brings in more opportunities to run that three safety look, that money backer look that I've talked about a lot. But at the end of the day, like we want to, to pit our are off. We we want to pit Eli and Daniel Jones in the best positions available, um, and you know how many times are you going to be running three safeties in a game? Not a whole lot, and a lot of times it's going to be on third and long. So you're already in a favorable spot in those positions anyway. So that's kind of where I'm at with the whole Trey Boston thing right now. And also is a sign of confidence for Antoine Buffet because let, let's be honest, I dig. I think they went to James Betcher probably like, hey, we have Trey Boston here in the building. Would you want us to bring him in? And probably, and I can totally see James Betcher. I'd probably said no, because I believe he, he is fully on board with Antoine Buffet. He was a fan of Antoine Buffet when he had him in Arizona, and now he got him here, familiar with the, uh, his defensive scheme and all that. So it wouldn't shock me at all if James Betcher is like, nah, I'm good. I feel like we got the guys. Uh, I got the guys on defense. We need to win. Now, obviously, depth is still a problem for free safety. And if Antoine goes down, oh boy, we got a big issue. But I stick true to my Julian Love thing. Maybe they view Grant Haley as the starting nickel, and they view Julian Love possibly only as a free safety on the team, obviously with nickel playing abilities. But maybe they want him to be their free safety. They want him that that's what they want his role to be on this team in, this year and in the future. Yeah, a, a lot of questions going forward, and, and that'll be one of the things to watch for in that preseason game one is where does Julian Love line up? Do they do they actually put him out there at safety for game reps? Um, and that's interesting uh, with the Antoine Bethea take because I I, th- I think Antoine Bethea is better than Trey Boston. Now he's eight years older, but I do I really like Antoine Bethea. He's been loved everywhere he goes. I think he's a really solid player at the age of thirty five. I, I he's he's really productive. I like Bethea a lot, so I, I wouldn't start Boston over Bethea. But I can see where some people would though because Boston has been productive and he's he's twenty seven years old. Um, anything else before we close out this show, Danny? Uh. Just two things that I, as I was as we were talking, I was just scrolling through some of the other news I saw from training camp. Uh, John Halapio, first team center. Uh, I'll just do a, a quick take for you on that. What do you feel on that? I got one more thing that after that. That that's, I, I want him as a starting center at this point. Yeah. 
All right. And uh, just something minor, but uh, something I just want to talk about. Uh, Daniel Jones was second. I, I think we say it, but uh, it was Daniel Jones, then Tanny, then Loletta. So as you said, Loletta, no hope for him. He's a goner. And uh, yeah, it's going to be Jones, Tan- Tanny, and Eli. But just like that, Eli- Jones was second team reps and Tanny was third. I'm glad they pit Jones as second team instead of, you know, playing this game. Like, he needs to prove himself to be the second guy. He need, He's starting out fourth. So, I'm glad they just went out ahead and fit him as the second guy instead of playing that game for the first, you know, two days of camp, which a lot of teams do. So, that's good. All right. So, any are we are we good? That is good. I, I, I've said my piece. All right. You said your piece. Danny's part of the Peace Corps, if you guys didn't know that. All right. So, that's it for this week. I really hope everyone's been enjoying the player profile projections. The num- the download numbers have indicated that. We got a few uh, more reviews this week. In fact, one of our nicest ones, Danny. In fact, I'm going to read it out as I talk I, here. I did read it because I'm very self-conscious, and I and I always read reviews. So make sure you leave reviews. And I, We don't I have that, any bad reviews. We have one four-star, but they didn't write a review. So that's. I've I mean, been looking for that four-star. I'm like, what did we do wrong? And now he's just left a four-star and left? How do you do that? you got to say something. They, I know, I, but I don't. I don't take offense to that because I no. think they're, they're like great podcasts. But audio could be a little better, and we know that. And it's going to get there, guys. It takes money. Listen um, here, for listen, our review. Any a, like Fortune five hundred CEO listeners, send me a message. All right, so uh, let me read this review before I get off track. This was a really nice one. In fact, I'm going to read a few by Dylan two two six seven. So today was my first day listening. Thanks for listening to you guys. And I've got to say I'm extremely impressed by the in-depth analysis. We are in-depth analysts, Danny. By And extremely interesting talking points. I've been binge listening. That's pretty cool because there's people who listen. Um, and they listen casually. But some of that binge listening likes this show. So shout out, Dylan. And I'm pumped for the season, blah, 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 blah. Not blah, 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 but that was good. We had, you know, oh, love morning. the content. Nikita with the good work. Can't wait for the shirts. Those shirts are going to be coming soon. Uh, nice listen. Congrats, gentlemen. I like it. Short and simple. Top Giants podcast. These guys are my go-to Giants podcast. Perfect balance of updates, analysis, and don't rely on hot takes. Well, we did – okay, we released the RJ McIntosh player profile preview. We said that his illness – was uh, his leg was cut off and he had to get a heart re- uh, repaired. So that was that was a hot take. Really think they'll grow a ton in 2019. So do I. So yeah, a lot of good stuff. Um, next week, now I'm not going to say names because I've had guys cancel and it's one of the most annoying things. But we do have some interviews planned for out, throughout this camp. Um, I got about five or six guys in mind. Um, we might, you know, double up on some shows. So, you know, just look out for that. Should be fun getting some of the guys that are out down there at the camp to let us know what's going on. Um, as I mentioned, reviews would really appreciate. Would love to get. Let's put, let's set a goal for week one. How many reviews do we want to be at? Sixty. I think we can double ours, double it, and then pit add six. Um, so yeah, let's get sixty reviews before week one. I'd really appreciate that, guys. Um, and we don't ask for that a lot. So, listen, follow along with us. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Talking Giants. And until next week, next week, folks, we got a player profile preview coming on Monday and then episodes every day of the weekday. Until then, folks, let's go Big Blue.
The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.